All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, here we are for the season finale of the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast. My name's Andrew Drozdak. I'll be flying solo again today uh, for the, you know, been doing that a little bit here and there. Many thanks to Thomas Bowen, our occasional co-host this season, our regular co-host next season. And also I want to take a second to say thanks to all of our guests who have come on uh, during uh, season one. We've had quite a few, and uh, it's been great to talk to those guys, guys who played in the NFL guys who played at the college level, um, and hear about their experiences in the game and what they've learned and, uh, you know, what they went through. Obviously, uh, very interesting takes from all those guys. Also, um, you know, Jake James, my buddy, uh, who was a college football player at Newberry College and North Greenville before that, and then went on to do a little bit of uh, pro wrestling work. So uh, that was all very interesting, in my opinion, to hear about. And my good buddy Bryson Summers, uh, coaching at Airport High, played a kicker at PC. He was on with Andy Boyd and I. And so we'll have some of those guys back in Season 2. Just as a reminder, Season 2 is going to be all about prepping about games. This is going to be a deep dive. So the way this will work is on Mondays, uh, Thomas and I will break down University of South Carolina's upcoming opponent, uh, what to look for, uh, their top players, the scheme they may run on both sides of the ball. And then we will also do the same for Clemson and who they're playing. And then a game of the week. Uh, Could be that it's the college game day of the week. Could be just a game that Thomas and I are both interested in. Um, And again, that'll be your deep dive. You'll know who the top players are. You'll know who most likely, uh, or excuse me, what most likely scheme you'll see. Um, And we'll kind of point out some areas that are focuses for each team. And then as the season goes on, we'll also review the previous week's experience. So, you know, week two, we'll talk about what happened in week one, as well as being preparing for week two. So if you're an above-average football fan, if you love the game of football, this is going to be very interesting to you. This is going to be better than listening to, uh, no offense to the guys who do it, the call-in show as you get going to the Carolina or Clemson game. Um, you know, So we may come out on Monday. You may want to listen to us on Saturday as you're getting ready to go tailgate. Uh, hopefully everything will be back up and running. It looks that way with the vaccine and many schools and, and football teams have already come out and said, hey, we're going to be full go uh, with fans and the like. So, you know, hey, give us a listen. We'll have a uh, trailer coming out for season two in a few weeks. Also, we'll, we'll start up season two by looking at uh, or looking back at SEC media days and what was said and, and who picked who to win and, and, you know, all SEC coaches picks and things of that nature. So <clears throat> that's what we're, you have to look forward to. So I want to end up season one by talking about the most recent football thing that has happened, uh, the NFL draft, the 2000-2001 NFL draft. I watched uh, the first round and a good portion of the day two coverage with my good buddy and fellow Eagles fan uh, Jake Flowers, Hell of an Eagles fan, a hell of an attorney. 
and uh, so we enjoyed watching that. Felt like the Eagles had a pretty good draft. I'll get more in-depth than that as we get into tonight's episode or whenever you're all listening to it. It might be at night. It might be in the morning. So let's just go through and look overall at uh, you know the picks that we saw, and then we'll talk about winners, losers, risky picks. Talk about Gamecocks, uh, where they were drafted, um, and uh, we'll look at some Clemson picks as well. So, obviously, speaking of Clemson, the first overall pick that everyone anticipated being the first overall pick was Trevor Lawrence. What some people may not have uh, anticipated, and that when I say some people, I include myself in that, uh, is that Darius Rucker, uh, of f- formerly of Hootie and the Blowfish, or occasionally still of Hootie and the Blowfish, and now of uh, solo artist country music fame, and renowned Gamecock fan, um, diehard Gamecock fan. The last time I saw Darius play in Columbia, as a matter of fact, he was uh, making fun of some Clemson fans in the audience. Um, So, very shocking to see Darius at Trevor's uh, draft party. It came out uh, through various uh, agencies and and media outlets that Darius is a partner uh, or somehow associated with the uh, sports agency that Trevor is represented by, and that's why he was there. But uh, very interesting for Gamecock fans. Shout out to Catherine Flowers, uh, Jake's wife, who actually was the one who noticed that he was there when Jake and I were watching. So anyway, Trevor Lawrence, first overall pick, anticipated, uh, has every single measurable you could want in a quarterback um, that is coming out of college football. Uh, A winner, uh, I read earlier, if... If and when the Jaguars lose their first regular season football game next season, so 17 games this coming up year, when that happens, assuming they don't go 17-0, it will be the first time that Trevor Lawrence has lost a regular season football game as a starting quarterback since high school and college. For four years in high school and for three years in college, he did not lose a regular season football game. He may have lost in the postseason, and we know he did at Clemson uh, here and there. But overall, regular season, he has not lost as a starting quarterback. That is an insane record. Uh, And, um, you know, we as Gamecock fans here in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, wish Trevor the best in the NFL and, uh, you know, certainly hope the Gamecocks can start to catch up there. But that's a, a discussion for another pod. So anyway... All the intangibles, all the things, all of the characters, uh, characteristics and character, morality and maturity and humbleness and hardworking. Uh, there was an SI story, uh, Sports Illustrated, that came out at some point uh, along the way here in the pre-draft days. And Trevor said something to the effect of that football doesn't define him. He, he doesn't have to have football to be a person uh, that he's happy with in, in his life and um, something about how he could walk away uh, from the game and be happy still. And, and that got turned around, as some people like to do. He doesn't love the game. He's this, he's that. You know, is that a red flag? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, let's be honest. This is a younger guy <clears throat> in his early 20s, um, you know, and he's just trying to say, hey, I, may, I do love the game. I do love football, but it's not – all that I'm about. It's not my whole life. And, you know, that's okay. Uh, Not all fans like that. 
you diehards, you know, it's always important to remember, as, as Dan Patrick often points out, that fan is short for fanatic. And so fans don't want to hear a top player say, oh, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I don't have to do this to be happy. Because for those fans, the diehard ones in particular, you know, every Sunday they're turning on their TV and they want to see uh, success for their team. And to have a guy going number one overall say, ah, you know, I'd be okay if I didn't play football anymore, um, you know, can always rub people the wrong way. But overall, absolutely the uh, quintessential uh, can't-miss prospect. I've talked in previous episodes about the fact, in my opinion, if I'm GM of the Jaguars, I'm trying to get turn that number one overall pick into three or four more picks or want two picks and a veteran, something along those lines. Um, but, you know, again, if you do that and that veteran gets hurt and the two guys you drafted don't work out and you miss out on Trevor Lawrence, he goes on to be Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, Super Bowl champion, you're never going to hear the end of it. But that's a 50-50 shot. So it's just my opinion, when you are picking number one overall, you need more than just one player. So getting more picks, getting a veteran who can help you is, in my opinion, a better move. But, uh, you know, I'm not a GM. I'm sitting in my living room recording a podcast about football. So pick number two, New York Jets take Zach Wilson out of BYU. That had become uh, a pretty foregone conclusion in the months leading up to the draft as well. Um, questions on him, uh, you know, Utah this season did not play the hardest of schedules. Um, you know, this year was his first, his only year really excelling as a starter. He had played previously uh, as a starter in the previous season, did fine, but did not necessarily look like the number one over, or excuse me, number two overall draft pick in the NFL. Um, so, you know, questions there coming from Provo, Utah to New York City, New York. Uh, can he handle the media scrutiny? Can he handle the bright lights? Can he handle all the things associated with being the starting quarterback of the New York Jets? And let's be honest, very few have done that well since Joe Namath. And that was a long time ago. Good old Broadway Joe hasn't played in a long time. New York Jet fans are looking for their next Broadway Joe. Uh, is that going to be Zach Wilson? We don't know that. They, a few years ago, thought it might be Sam Darnold. There's a time they thought it might be Mark Sanchez. There's been others along the way that have not worked out. Is this the Jets' opportunity that they finally got it right? It's, again, to me, football is so much more than one player. They need to surround him with others. Now, in my opinion, during the draft, they did a good job of that. Getting some good players to go around him, both skill players or high-profile players and offensive linemen uh, to help. So it, only time will tell. And then you have in the third pick from uh, a trade uh, from the Dolphins that went through the Texans and the Eagles, really, you've got the San Francisco 49ers. They take... Trey Lance, quarterback, Notre—excuse me, Notre Dame, North North Dakota State. Uh, sorry, that that I can't believe that happened. But another kid 
that there's questions about. Uh, 17 starts, not in a Power 5 conference. Just does he have every physical attribute you could look for in a quarterback? Absolutely he does. Is he in the best situation for potentially having a successful career in San Francisco? Yes. The 49ers were in a Super Bowl not that long ago. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, has led this offense to a Super Bowl, and it became apparent that Kyle Shanahan and his offensive staff and the front office with John Lynch may have seen him as somebody who was holding them back. They're not going to say that out loud to the media. They're not going to say that out loud on social media. But you don't draft. You don't trade up to draft a quarterback unless you think your quarter current quarterback is a problem. And so the 49ers have taken Trey Lance from North Dakota State Bison. To me, and we'll hit on this later, this is the riskiest pick of the NFL draft. I know that's a big statement, but when you move up to the third overall pick to take a quarterback, because you think a quarterback is what's holding you back from success, And you take a guy who, by the way, I think has a lot, a lot of talent and seems to have a great mental makeup, seems to be mature, seems to be dedicated, but he only has 17 starts. He hasn't played a Power 5 conference game, or excuse me, not conference game, but against a Power 5 conference team. This is a risk. As I saw someone say, Uh, on social media, this pick will define the generation for San Francisco 49ers fans right now. Again, recently in the Super Bowl, had an unstoppable offense. And now you've traded up, got the third overall pick, take a quarterback. You're obviously going to be replacing Jimmy G with him at some point. So how does the locker room feel about that? How does this young player fit in this locker room? It's going to be interesting. Um, Again, I think he's got a lot of talent. He is going into the best situation. Trevor Lawrence going third to the San Francisco 49ers, he's got everything around him. He's got all the intangibles. He was a starter for three years, won a national championship, played for another one. You know, all of the things – Obviously, if he's there, the 49ers take him, but they couldn't get all the way to the top and take him. Uh, But it's just a risk. But drafting a quarterback in the first round, first five picks, first ten picks, has always been risky. So we'll see how it plays out. In the number four spot, you've got the Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. I think this was a smart pick. Uh, Matt Ryan you know, could always use another offensive weapon. Kyle Pitts is a mismatch by definition. He is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Is he both? Uh, you pair him up with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, an aging Julio Jones, and the like. It seems like an extremely positive pick. Matt Ryan getting long in the tooth. 
a former league MVP, um, has had a very, very, very good pro career. Um, and, you know, is this what helps him get over the hump in the latter half of his career to maybe make another Super Bowl run? I don't know. But solid pick there. Cincinnati Bengals at five. Take Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. Somewhat of an interesting pick. Somewhat of an interesting pick because, uh, number one, teammate of Joe Burrow in 2019. So they, they have some familiarity with each other for sure. Um, and, you know, there's a good relationship there. You know, again, uh, the Bengals are, you know, picking at five after picking at one last year. Of course, Joe, Joe Burrow got hurt last year. Um, coming back from injury, took a lot of sacks. There was a lot of thought process that people were having that they may take a, a offensive lineman here, but go with the high profile wide receiver and start a trend here for, for a hot minute of pairing up wide receivers with former college quarterbacks at the sixth pick, the actual trade from the dolphin, from the Eagles to the dolphins from, uh, to, to go to six here, Jalen Waddle from the university of Alabama going to be teamed back up with his former quarterback, teammate in Tua and uh, that's going to be a a huge piece there Um, you know getting him another weapon the Dolphins uh, a lot of people felt good about their draft they pick up some some great pieces later in the draft as well solid pick very solid pick Waddle's a very good player you know he gets injured this year Uh, Devontae Smith takes off and becomes the Heisman Trophy winner and you know Who's to say if that ball's being shared a little bit more down in Tuscaloosa with him between Waddle and Smith? Maybe that doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, uh, a, a very solid pick. Uh, the Lions take Pinay Sewell. I always mess up his name. Really apologize to him, his family, and Oregon fans. Very good offensive line pick. Left tackle. Where I thought the Bengals would go, in all honesty, um, to protect Joe Burrow. But instead, the Lions take him to protect the newly acquired uh, Jared Goff, uh, again, a guy who was recently in a Super Bowl. Now, number eight, uh, the most interesting pick probably of the top ten picks uh, is J.C. Horn from right here at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Number eight, back on his pro day, J.C. said, I'm the best defensive player in the draft. I ought to be the best, or excuse me, the first defensive player taken in the draft. And there were some people who, who didn't know how to feel about that, gotten their feelings about that. Guess what? J.C. Horn is right. He went first. Not the first DB, but the first defensive player overall. A very interesting pick by a lot of people's uh, opinions. As someone who has watched J.C. Horn during his time at Carolina, he is, to me, the definition of, of a lockdown corner. South Carolina won two games this football season, Vanderbilt and Auburn. No offense to Vandy fans who might be listening, but Vandy is Vandy. Derek Mason is no longer your head coach for a reason. But then Auburn comes around. Seth Williams, number 18. I kept calling him Sam Coates uh, from years back, but Seth Williams, their stud. Coach Muschamp and his offense, or his defensive staff decided we're going to lock him down with J.C. Horn. Why they didn't do that going forward? Because J.C. Horn literally played man-to-man on that man all day long. He followed him. 
He shadowed him. If he, if he motioned, JC went with him. To me, and this may be a topic for another podcast, biggest mistake of that defensive staff not taking that game plan and using it going forward. Because they would match JC up with the best player on offense, except he didn't travel. They put him, he was Seth Williams' shadow and made some great plays, had a nice pick. It, just anyway. Uh, but number eight, you know, Joe Horn, his dad, former um, New Orleans Saint, you know, had some things to say about being a little frustrated about the news coming out of Green Bay uh, taking away from JC being the first defensive player taken and that being sort of a surprise to a lot of an- uh, analysts and so-called experts. Uh, and quite honestly, even to me, I mean, I, I'm a, a diehard Gamecock fan, and, and like I said, I've watched every single game we've played for the past several years, and uh, J.C. Horn has stood out on teams that have not always been great. Um, but I can understand where Jay, or excuse me, Joe Horn's coming from. That's his dad. Uh, you know, people got a little up in arms about that, but let's be honest, that is his son. If your son or daughter was picked or got a job or, you know, won an audition for an acting or a musical part and it was overshadowed by other news, you'd be upset about it too. If my daughter BB is somehow one day a good enough athlete to be picked in some kind of a draft and she goes well above where people expected her to go, but the news is somebody else's being uh, unhappy at their current situation takes away from my daughter's story, I'm going to be upset too. He's a dad. Give him a break. Joe Horn's, you know, not scared to show his emotions, not scared to be vocal, not scared to, uh, you know, pull a cell phone out from underneath the goalpost pad. But, you know, let's be honest, it's his, he, that's his son. He, he, I, I totally hear Joe Horn, and I hope JC goes and, and earns every single thing. I hope, I mean, honestly, obviously, he's a Gamecock, fan, a Gamecock player. I hope he's Defensive Player of the Year next year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I should say. Maybe he will be, maybe he won't. But I see a lot of success for that player in the future, hopefully. Uh, Denver Broncos, number nine, take Patrick uh, Tan the second from Alabama. Um, an interesting pick. There were some folks out there that thought the Broncos may be willing to or interested in taking a quarterback. Maybe they were not so sure about Drew Locke and that they wanted to look at a QB here. And, you know, so them taking a corner here was somewhat surprising. That's where it gets kind of interesting, again, especially as an Eagles fan, gets kind of interesting because the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles make a trade to leapfrog the New York Giants for the Eagles. And that's just so interesting to me. This is this is the Clemson Tigers and the Gamecocks helping each other to outdo Georgia. Um, you know, it's just, or really, I guess, because they're all in the same conference, it'd be South Carolina and Georgia teaming up to outdo Tennessee or Florida. And uh, anyway, interesting move here. I'm excited as an Eagles fan. Devontae Smith, not Devontae Davis, Mike Golick, who you called him uh, when you were making the pick announcement up in the NFL coverage on ESPN. Come on, man. You're better than that, bro. You're better than that. Devontae Smith goes out and becomes an Eagle. As an Eagles fan, heck yeah. Now, am I worried about his size? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'd be being too much of a, a homer of an Eagles fan if I didn't point out that I had said that before. I worry about his size. 
He's 170 pounds or less. That's scary. Just, that's a small dude, small frame. You know, there's been other guys in the NFL who've had small frames that have had a long career of success, Hall of Fame career. Steve Smith Jr., excuse me, Steve Smith, Steve Smith Sr. kind of comes to mind there. But there's other guys who've been injured a lot because of their small frame. And so it's, I don't think it's as risky, obviously, as a Trey Lance at three. But you do have concerns about his size. Number 11 was going to be the Giants, which is why the Eagles leapfrogged them because they would have been very interested in Devontae Smith, which is why the Cowboys, I guess, didn't want the Giants to get him. I, I don't know the reasoning there. But they then trade their pick to the Chicago Bears for them to pick Justin Fields at number 11. A very interesting pick. A very interesting pick. A very strong pick. And, um, you know, I, I think Fields brings a lot to the table. You know, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore has now shown the ability for sustained success for a true dual threat quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton before that had shown a good bit of success before injuries have, have kind of sidelined him and, and derailed him a little bit. But uh, to me, and I've said this before on the pod, a running quarterback is a dangerous thing. A defensive coordinator now has to account for him in the running game as well as the passing game, and that makes it difficult. Uh, I'm, I think this was a very good pick by the Bears. I think it's a good move, and I think uh, the Bears fans are going to end up being happy about it. Number 12, you have the Dallas Cowboys picking Micah Parsons. That dude looks like a linebacker. The old saying of, you know, if you go into a dark alley, who do you want to take with you? You want to take Micah Parsons with you. You don't want to be meeting him in a dark alley. That dude looks serious. He's a dude. That's the guy you want on your side. Dallas Cowboys needed some help on defense. They wanted a DB. They wanted Horn. They wanted Sertain the second. Didn't get him. Either one of them. They were already gone. The other reason they were willing to trade back with the Eagles. Interesting pick. Stud. Next, Los Angeles Chargers get Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Uh, a great uh, offensive tackle. He did sit out, opted out because of COVID-19. It's been a year since he's played. Going to be interesting. Offensive linemen, you know, are big dudes. Has he done a good job keeping in, himself in shape? What if he holds out for training camp? What's he going to be in shape-wise when he gets to Los Angeles? But it makes sense for the uh, Chargers to want to protect Justin Herbert at quarterback with that pick. Great pick. New York Jets trade up to get Alja Verda Tucker. I'm sure I messed that up. From Southern Cal, a very good guard, very highly thought of. So it's interesting to see that. We're going to stop at pick 15. We're in the top 15 picks. A lot of good picks later on, but just for the interest of time, Pick 15 is going to be the New England Patriots and Mac Jones, who at one point was being predicted as possibly the pick for the 49ers and at the third, at third and that didn't happen. Uh, set and watch, set and watch, set and watched. Um, watched his teammates get picked. A lot of high fives to, to his teammates that got picked before him, and that happens to guys sometimes. Uh, Alabama with the most first-round picks, I believe. Uh, overall, the SEC had the most 
drafted players uh, this year at, I believe, 65 with a new record breaking the SEC's old record of the most players drafted. Shows the, the top talent level top to bottom of the SEC. Um, granted, it's worth pointing out a lot of those guys were from Alabama. Um, and then Georgia had a good many picks. They only had one first-round pick, but overall had a lot of picks. Um, so there's your top 15. Uh, some interesting picks. Some some picks you knew were coming. Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. Pretty much anybody could have predicted that. Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons was known for a while. New York Jets taking Zach Wilson at number two was known for a while. 49ers taking Trey Lance was a later developing story. And uh, obviously the Panthers taking J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son, at number eight was a surprise to many. So let's talk for a second about overall the draft. We always hear winners, losers, you know, things of that nature. I got to say, I think the Dolphins were a winning draft this year. A lot of good picks, in my opinion. Smart moves, uh, filled roster spots, filled holes. So that's a good good look. The Jaguars, of course, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who looks like the real deal. They made some other good picks. Picked up, uh, you know, um, ETN at running back in the late 20s of the first round. Uh, you know, be interested to see what type of offense or what this offense looks like at the NFL level with Urban Meyer. Um, it's just going to be an interesting thing to see how that goes. Um, you also had later round picks that were strong by the Browns, I thought. Now, when we get down to losers, and, and, you know, hey, we're talking sports here, the Texans, the Houston Texans, they did not have a first-round pick. They did not have a second-round pick. Their first pick of the second day was Stanford quarterback Davis Mills. Let me stop right here and say, what's going on in Houston with Deshaun Watson and these allegations are serious and much bigger than football. And we've got to, or, or the powers that be, have got to figure out what's going on there. Sincerely hope that things have not happened in the way they've been described um, for Deshaun Watson's um, sake. Hopefully for these, for these uh, women as well, that they weren't harassed or assaulted. Um, and we'll just have to see what happens there. But as a purely football thing goes, the Texans just are a mess right now. And then you get to the Green Bay Packers. We talked earlier about Aaron Rodgers and, and news coming out that he wants to be traded. He has even later days or later in the day and, and previous days after that or sequential days after that had said he'd be willing to retire to not come back to Green Bay. So what do the Packers do uh, to kind of appease him? You know, show him, hey, we're committed. We're gonna we're gonna help you at pick number twenty nine. We're gonna go ahead and take Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. Now, nothing against Eric. Good player. Saw him play a bunch this season. Really good player. But the Green Bay Packers keep giving Aaron Rodgers a reason to be upset a reason to go, I don't want to be here. So it's interesting. Uh, You know, there were all of these rumors flying around that uh, the Denver Broncos had made a big offer to bring him to Denver. 
There was even rumors that the 49ers had offered up the third pick to get Aaron Rodgers um, at their quarterback spot. Uh, and that that may have been turned down. Only the powers that be, only the guys with their uh, uh, true names to the table, so to speak, or who were on the phones or the text messages know exactly what was and wasn't offered. The situation in Green Bay is uh, not good, and uh, the draft didn't really seem to help uh, make that situation any better. So uh, that's, that's my take there. So let's talk for a second as uh, we wrap up this episode, uh, final episode of the season. Let's talk some Gamecocks who were drafted. Um, obviously, J.C. Horn, taken eighth overall, was uh, first Gamecock off the board. As I mentioned, first defensive player overall off the board, first DB off the board. Was really predicted, you know, in that 12 to the Eagles possibly range. Um, and for him to go in uh, number eight, uh, top 10, was, was surprising to some. But I still think he's a phenomenal talent. I think the fact that people are saying, hey, this is surprising, is going to uh, be fuel for his motivation um, to show everybody, hey, I, I, I am as good as the Panthers think I am. I am the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, you know, if somehow uh, the uh, HBO uh, training camp show can, can get into Charlotte and, and do the, tra- the Panthers training camp, be interesting to see. J.C. Horn behind the scenes. I know he was in the Hey Rookie stuff on ESPN. Very good stuff, but uh, that'd be interesting to see. Um, third round, Ernest Jones Jr., linebacker, goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I, I've always been high on him. I think he's a tackling machine. Um, you know, There's questions about his speed and, and whatnot, but there's some guys that just know how to play the game and know how to get there, and uh, I feel like Ernest is one of those guys. Um, you know, at the at the NFL level, you got to be a top-notch athlete too, um, and so we'll see how that pans out. But him being in the third pick there, uh, I think, was a a value pick uh, for the Rams. You go to the sixth round. You've got Shy Smith picked by the Carolina Panthers. He and J.C. Horn will continue to be teammates uh, later than a lot of people anticipated. Shy going. Um, a lot of people saw him going before the sixth round. I certainly did. Great pick, especially at the sixth round, for the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold uh, and Matt Rule and Joe Brady's offense. Um, I think Shy Smith is, is a uh, fantastic football player, former Gamecock, upstate kid uh, from Union County, uh, you know, 864 area there that I'm from. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see him hopefully do very well in the NFL. Uh, again, in the sixth round, Mukwamu, Israel, Israel Mukwamu, Izzy, went uh, sixth round uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, really, uh, Izzy's been an interesting case. You know, two years ago in Athens, seemed to just make play after play after play. I think he had four picks that day, at least three. Um, really, uh, you know, was the reason that game was won. And so, you know, but then since that time, it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, But he does have some some of those qualities that are interesting to NFL teams, Um, his size at 6'4". So we will see what his development looks like uh, in Dallas and and how that's going to to go. Um, And so that'll be interesting. But overall, um, those are the Gamecocks that were selected. You had some undrafted free agents get picked up 
um, along the way, uh, and that you know hopefully they'll do well as as well. You know, I was on uh, the Big Spur message board um, today actually. Somebody was asking about the 2022 draft. Um, by the way, I'm in no way, shape, or form associated with uh, the Big Spur, other than the fact that I'm a member of the site. I do happen to think it's one of the best Gamecock sites around. Tony Morrell and J.C. Sherbert and the like, John Whittle, uh, how all those guys do an amazing job over there of, of knowing what they know. But uh, that's neither here nor there. You know, asking about guys to be drafted in the 2022 draft, um, I think uh, Kingsley Inigbare, uh off the edge at 6'4", 260 is going to be an interesting pick. Obviously, obviously, Kevin Harris led the SEC in rushing in the regular season, um, kind of burst onto the scene. If he can build off that and show scouts, hey, I, I've got a pretty high-end speed, I can hit that 4-5 mark, uh, I think he gets drafted pretty early. Um, Zach Pickens is somebody who has flashed – um, why he was such a high recruit coming out of T.L. Hanna, uh, another upstate guy, uh, five-star recruit for Will Muschamp at the time. I think he has shown flashes of what he is capable of, hopefully for Gamecocks and for his draft status. Uh, if he decides to leave early, he could be a, a player drafted from South Carolina. Um, let's see. Uh, you have a few other guys along the way. Um, EJ Jenkins, if he decides to, to come out, which I think you know he may, 6'7", 242, if he has the type of year that Gamecock fans certainly hope he will, he could be somebody who could come out of nowhere, quote-unquote, as that happens sometimes, to be a top-level a top draft pick or a higher draft pick. Uh, when you look at 2022 20, and, and most likely um, number one overall pick, it's obviously extremely early for that sort of thing. Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Mac Brown and uh, Phil Longo have had him there. Um, really just a, a very good quarterback. He's 6'1", so he's a little smaller than your prototypical, but I think he, he will be highly thought of and at least highly watched uh, top player going in uh, expectations-wise. Expectations wise. Spencer Radler uh, at Oklahoma um, getting another you know strong look at the Oklahoma quarterback piece with, of course, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and uh, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Uh, so, you know, that could be the case there, the top two most likely picks, or at least guys that you're going to see most likely mentioned the most often. All right, so that's the draft wrap-up. Um, again, the draft is such a mixed bag, uh, hopefully. Uh, God willing, and you guys are still listening, five years from now, this pod will still be a thing, and we'll go back and we'll look at the 2000-2001, excuse me, (laughs) 2021 NFL draft and say, hey, have these guys panned out? And we'll see what happens. Thank you again. Can't say it enough. I love football. I love to talk about football. Uh, I love to think about football. I love to talk about schemes and, and all of the things. So if you've been listening all along the way, thank you so much. If you've just come on board recently, go back and listen to those other episodes. I think there's something there for anybody. Don't have to just be a Gamecock fan or a Kentucky fan when we talk to Raphael Little um, and, and the like. But really, um, thank you so much. Please rate and review and subscribe. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that notification button. Because like I said, we will take a little break as we get ready for uh, Season 2 coming up in mid-July, late July, starting with the SEC Media Days and then getting into the season 
uh, football season, the best season there is. Thank you, everybody, and have a great one.